We are proud to announce a new sponsor for this podcast, Augie's Locker Room. Augie's Locker Room, which is located less than a mile away from Notre Dame Stadium, was named the best Notre Dame's collectible shop in the country. This shop is amazing. If you are a passionate Notre Dame fan and are looking for that special Notre Dame piece to complete your rec room, Augie's is the place to go. They have a wide selection of Notre Dame stadium pieces, jerseys, helmets, autographs, and one-of-a-kind rock knee items. They have an exclusive Joe Montana signed items. If Augie's doesn't have it in store, he will find it for you. Visit Augie'sLockerRoom.com or stop in at 1811 South Bend Avenue and see the vintage helmet display dating back to 1890. Augie'sLockerRoom.com or call 574-277-NDND. Hello, Notre Dame fans. Welcome into the Notre Dame football show from blueandgold.com. I am Ashton Pollard, and as always, I am joined by Mike Singer and Tim Hyde. How are we doing, everyone? Excellent. It's a great Good. night for the Fighting Irish. It is. On that topic, you've probably noticed that we're coming to you a little later than we normally are. We were waiting for um, Cam Williams, the four-star 2024 wide receiver, to commit, and we're going to get into that in a minute too but um we're going to start off with our typical two segments that we begin with so tim what beer are you drinking if you're drinking beer and a shot he's got a shot of two tigers for sure right well, I, I was getting there yes yes, yes. <laughs> well my beer it goes to the gentleman today that uh called me out for Coors banquet so i poured one for him today from the, <laughs> the message the- board so in the vodka soda thread on our message board right now. Yeah, good time. Um, yes. Mike, how about you? What are you drinking? So I got Uno Topo Chico. And the, I, I got my backup Toco Chico when I finished Uno. Oh, I got good. Those, okay. You Sorry, know, Tim, I forgot about your shot, too. We can talk about that. Oh, yeah, Tim, you got your shot? Uh, not tonight. <laughs> That's right. Y'all, y'all switch roles. Mike is pounding drinks over there. Um <laughs> Just kidding. Man, uh, it's right, water, it's man. it's very what? busy. I mean, I'm not I, judging. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I know. I know. For me. I don't so care. my job is like flip flopped from like you know Patrick and Tyler at Blue and Gold, who strictly just cover like Notre Dame football, of course, right. and other sports too. But you know, uh, like August to December, and then maybe January first is like their like that's their season. For me, the actual football season, man. I don't, I don't, I mean, it's, it's, it's a little bit more chill for me. It's a lot of traveling, yeah. um, w- which I enjoy going out to games on Friday nights, but there's, I mean, it's not super busy, you know, Notre yeah. Dame really wants to wrap up about 80%, 90% of its class. Of course they would want it to be a hundred, but realistically Notre Dame would like to be about done with 2023 yeah. recruiting by the start of the season. And then just kind of focus on 24s and 25s. So it's just a lot of game day visits. And uh, when Notre Dame has a bye week, I love those weeks. <laughs> it's very nice. Yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah. And we're going to we're gonna get into some of those 2023 potential commits. I like the alcohol pregame show. Um, thank you very much. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, like I said, I'm drinking water. I'm being boring. Sorry. But um, so second segment that we normally start with, the best thing you saw this week, if you are not familiar with this show, first of all, why not? But second of all, um, we start the show every week with something related to Notre Dame. It doesn't have to be football um, related, but I will go ahead and turn it over to Tim first. Tim, what was the best thing you saw in Notre Dame athletics this week? Well, mine was uh, the picture of the, well, Mike's got the, the D lineman here. I D lineman and the O line. They each had some yeah, pictures. Out there. Uh, 
obviously recruiting Charles Jagasaw on the O-line, and this one was here for uh, Jason Moore. So I just think, I think it looks clean. The, you know, the pictures that went out, the edits, you know, the, on the O-line and the D-lineman, I thought they looked sharp as could be. So this is a, it's a good looking group of five. You get Jason Moore in there. And obviously with big Charles Jagasaw, hopefully uh, coming to Notre Dame here shortly, you get big five on the O-line. So can be a, it'd be a heck of a line class on both sides, which goes back to what Marcus Freeman's talked about since he's been hired about winning the run game, stopping the run, being the most physical team on Saturday. So it starts with those big boys. Yeah, from left to right in this picture, you got Brennan Vernon, Devin Houston, Jason Moore, Bubakar Traore, and then uh, Keon Keeley. Yeah, that's not a, uh, a good-looking group of defensive linemen. I mean oh. – Look at that hair. Brennan Vernon's got the locks. They, I mean, that is that is fantastic. Brennan Vernon's one, probably one of the most unique players I've ever covered. Um, not, I'm not talking about just him as a young man. He, I don't even know how to describe him. He's just awesome. Brennan Vernon's a treat of a human being. Um, he, I mean, we'll, you guys will get to see him. When, you know, well, you, you're not, well, I was going to say, if you have a D-line and they're all in single digits, that is nothing but positives. So if, if these dudes can pull off these numbers, let's do it, man. It's going to be awesome. Rick Rick uh, says the true athletes. Yes. I, I know Rick, and I think that he might be the only person who's a bigger fan of Jason Moore than you are, Tim. So. Oh, okay. I like that. Cheers to Rick. Good stuff. Love it. My turn? Um, yes, it is your turn. All right. We were talking about this a little before we started recording. I've, I've been getting petty lately. Uh, you know, look, I did not grow up a Notre Dame fan like Ashton and Tim. I, I, I've been covering Notre Dame recruiting for just a little over three years now. And um, so, like, my Notre Dame following is just – it's different. Uh, I did not grow up hating Michigan. I, I, I had no problems with Michigan. But, you know, it's starting to kind of, you know, I, I get it. I get it, Notre Dame fans. I'm enjoying I'm enjoying not only the recruiting success of Notre Dame. It's been a lot of fun. But on the other hand, you know, Michigan is – they're struggling. Well, I mean, so this is from my five thoughts on Cam um, Williams' commitment. I and mean, we'll have a segment on him just in a moment here. Look at this highlighted portion here. Let me read this to you for podcast audience. Of the Wolverine's seven commitments, I really hope there's not a typo in here, in the 2023 and 2024 classes, I think it's six and 23, and then they just have one and 24. Notre Dame has not offered any of them. Wow. Of Notre Dame's 20 verbals, they, Michigan's offered 16. So Notre Dame has 15 in the 2023 class and five in the 2024 class. And then I continue to write, those are not opinions I'm offering. They're just straight facts. Notre Dame is bullying Michigan. Let me reiterate this. Notre Dame's not recruiting any of the Michigan commits, or or wasn't. I mean, they they hosted a couple of them for visits, but never offered. Meanwhile, Michigan wanted all 16 of 20 Notre Dame's commitments. That's what, 80%. Including... C.J. Carr, who is Michigan royalty. Preston Zinter's older brother, Paul, plays at Michigan. Starts. Yeah. Brandon Davis Swain from Michigan. Cam Williams grew up a Michigan fan and disliked the Fighting Irish. 
I asked Cam, I was able to interview him a few days ago, and I said, if I would have talked to you in March and said, hey, at the end of June, you're going to commit to Notre Dame, would that surprise you? And he said, yeah, for three reasons. One, I grew up Michigan fan. Two, I don't like Notre Dame, or or didn't like Notre Dame. Obviously, now he does. And three, he didn't think he was going to make a decision this early, but he fell in love with Notre Dame that fast. Got his offer from the Irish May 5th. And five weeks later, tells the staff he's committing. That's awesome. Rant's going to be the all-time most liked segment on this podcast. I do, I, I'm not done. I'm not done. I just remember. I oh, got another great. thing. Perfect. So this is okay. my tweet yesterday. Oh, my God. <laughs> Here's Michigan's – I don't know if this has changed. I don't think they've gotten any new commitments, um, you know, in the well, past Mike, day. Mike, Mike, didn't they just lose their highest-ranked guy? Yeah, so night? this – I tweeted this last night after Raylan Wilson – who was the one who Notre Dame did offer, but then he decommitted. He's probably going to go to Georgia. So Michigan has the number 36 class in the country with its six commitments. Now, I hope I do a decent job explaining this. Like rivals in 24-7, how they do their team rankings, it's very much what is your class right now. On three, it's an average, so it's a little bit more of a projection of how good the class is, a quality thing rather than quantity, right? So Texas Tech early in the cycle had the number one class because they just had the most commits, whereas they didn't add on three because it's a quality over quantity thing. So I think at Rivals, Michigan's like below Eastern Michigan or something because it's a quantity thing. So um, they're in the 70s or something. So it's um, it's not great for the Wolverines right now. And uh, we'll we'll see how uh, the rest of the class goes. Is this are you are you done now? Uh, no, I, I this is a great comment. <laughs> you want to go again? Rick says I forgot about this. Um, uh, Bellamy, what's his first name? Um, from Jayden? yeah, no, uh, no, not Jalen, nope. but it's the Ron, Ron Bellamy Ron. Oh, was oh, West oh, Bloomfield's oh. high school coach when Brandon Davis saying was a freshman, and and doesn't commit to Michigan, That's commits to Notre Dame. So good point, Rick. Good point, Rick. Um, very good. Yes. I'm, I'm staying away from commenting fully on this, but you can probably embrace it. Embrace it. (laughs) Are you loving it? You love that though, right? Next segment, please pull up my tweet. Thank you very much. (laughs) Uh, Real quick. quick, Yeah. Real quick, Mike. It's no, it's fascinating because Notre Dame is, I mean, Michigan's been a top 10 recruiting power for ages. And we go head to head with Notre Dame for so many of their guys and, you know, it's it's legendary the way Les Miles used to be the most negative recruiter. It's been documented in many stories about him during Bo's day. He was the anti-Notre Dame guy and would just, just attack the heck out of guys getting recruited by ND. And then Moeller was that guy, Lloyd Carr. Then Lloyd obviously becomes the head coach. But uh, it, it it's crazy for a team that goes to the Final Four and just they're struggling out there. They are struggling out there, and that's that's Okay. I'm a bit. I'm a big believer in karma, so I'm trying not to say too much. But luckily, hey, what comes around goes around. I'm. I'm just karma. What's car? What does karma got to do with this? Hey, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk too much smack. Let Michigan stay low. Let Michigan stay low. Just enjoy it. Sit back and enjoy. It. That's the way I look at it. But uh, hey, but Notre Dame isn't playing for ten years, so it's all good. But it is absolutely amazing what's happening in uh, Ann Arbor. It's too bad, right? It's too bad. Yes. Apparently, you guys love them, so I don't know. Fair enough. Yeah, no, right. it, 
But they got two. I mean, you have two five-star quarterbacks in in Harbaugh's backyard, and he's going to go over two. It's just it's crazy. We hope. Don't I don't <laughs> this this segment's gonna come back to bite us if Dante Moore goes to Michigan. <laughs> I learned very early, like in third grade, I would talk so much smack and I learned that I would just end up eating it later. So I try to avoid it usually, um, at least in public settings, which is what this currently is. <laughs> Anyways, um <laughs> Mike, can you please pull the tweet up? Thank you. So the best thing I saw this week doesn't have to do with football, it has to do with the women's with women's basketball with the WNBA. So um, Notre Dame sent more, it is sending more um, women's basketball players to the WNBA all-star game than any other school. So you can see right there um, for podcast listeners, um, Arike Gumbawale, who plays for the Dallas Wings, Jackie Young, who plays for the Las Vegas Aces, Skylar Diggins-Smith, who plays for the Phoenix Mercury, and Jewel Lloyd, who plays for the Seattle Storm. All four of those are headed to the all-star game. And also currently, um, I think, so Agumbawale is third in the league in scoring and um, Skylar Diggins-Smith is fifth at one point. Three Notre Dame players were the top three scorers in the WNBA. Um, that is no longer the case, but I mean, they're all they're all up there. They're all making an impact. And if you watch any of these games, um, there's, there's more that are not on this list that I just read to you or that you have on your screen that are making a massive impact. So Notre Dame women's basketball is kind of becoming like the Alabama of the NFL, which is kind of cool to watch nice. so yep um yeah, I, mean, all I, would, right. I just want to note real quick i mean women's basketball coverage of Notre dame like it, it's big for us like yeah. tyler orca Probably does a really company. nice job covering the beat um loose emoji for for a long time did a, an amazing job and i mean yeah we always had such good readership on his women's basketball stories rest in peace to the goat loose emoji um quick quick loose emoji story i probably told this on the air before Lou Lou would post a women's basketball story, and I knew that it would be our top red story of the day because they just always were. I I, I don't know like like we never got a ton of women's basketball discussion on our message board on Lou's stories, but the readership was always incredible. It just was, and um, Lou would call me and be like, "Hey Mike," and I knew he was gonna call me about every single. Hey Mike. I just posted this women's basketball story, but I don't want it to be in the top spot of our site. Can you bump it down so your football recruiting story can have the main slot? This is when we're at Rivals. And I would say, sure, Lou. Every time, sure, Lou. I really never moved it. I mean, because I know that it was it was like the best story on our page. It was written by the freaking goat of Notre Dame Athletics. So, um, yeah, he never would say anything about it. He'd, like, he'd never ask, hey, Mike, why didn't you move it? Just I just didn't. Because he's freaking loose emoji. And uh, again, rest in peace to the goat. That's that's my loose story real quick. Yeah, no, fair enough. He did a great job and Tyler has taken over in his place and done a great job as well. Um, Alrighty. So before we get to the commitment that happened um, just under an hour ago, again, if you are if you have just joined us, make sure you hit that thumbs up and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're listening back via podcast, leave us a review. And um, yeah, we still, I'll plug our $1 deal while I'm here plugging things. We still have our $1 deal up on our site um, and it's the end of recruiting season. We're going to get into in a second, uh, the several commitments that are, hap- well, the commitments that are happening, they could potentially go to Notre Dame. They're all Notre Dame targets in the next few days. And then we also, as we approach fall camp, we'll have a lot of insight on that front. So it's a good time to sign up and that will not be available forever. So 
Um, perfect. All right. On that topic, the news of the night is Cam Williams, as we mentioned um, at the top of the show, is now committed to Notre Dame. He is a consensus top 100 player. You can see if you're watching this right now, um, you can see it on your screen. If you're listening back via podcast, he's the number 75 player nationally in the 2024 class number 12 wide receiver and number two player out of the state of Illinois from Chicago area. Uh, I know Mike and I saw him at the Irish invasion camp just under a month ago. It was June 5th and we named him one of our top offensive performers. He stuck out like he, he looked really good. He looked uh, very ready to very ready to play college football. He's a, he's a little skinnier, but so are all of them. They're rising juniors, but um, looked like kind of your, your prototypical, boundary type receiver. So um, I was a big fan. Mike, I know you've covered his recruitment and then we'll pass it over to Tim to do a little film analysis. Mike, what are you thinking? And I know you talked with Cam. So what do you have to share on that front? He's awesome, man. He's an awesome kid. His high school coach raves about him. Um, Yeah, just just a a super young man and a a really nice football player as well. I, I think he's got a really nice combination of a high floor with a high ceiling. Like I He's already a pretty polished receiver, and that's where the the high floor, what that means. And then the ceiling is, I mean, when he, I talked to uh, Charles Power at On3, our scouting director, about this, and he said, you know, like a a lot on his sophomore film, he would let the the ball come towards his body. But I sent Charles the clips I took of Cam from the Irish Invasion. He's like, I saw a lot more of him going out and extending and getting the football. So he definitely likes some of that. Um I, I did want to mention real quick, so we had this question on the message board for YouTube audience. If you're looking at like these rankings on the page, on three is a number 136 player nationally, 24 sevens, 178 rivals, 104. Then how the heck does that compute to the on three consensus having as a 75 player? doesn't make sense, right? That's what my initial re- reaction was when I started learning about these like composite consensus rankings. It's the average of those three, there's no like big outlier. If one of these sites has them as a three star, then th- that would be a big outlier. But because the average of those three rankings are not a big difference from 104 to 178, when you put his average compared to other players' average, it's it's higher. One player might be a top 50 player, like Jack Larson, top 50 according to 24-7, but then you got on three and rivals have them as a, a three star. So there's a big disparity. So I hope that makes sense for those wondering about the rankings. And then, yeah, as far as his recruitment, grew up a Michigan fan, Notre Dame offered, visited Notre Dame, loved Notre Dame, committed to Notre Dame. There you go. Tim. Great time. The, there you go. You know, I mean, you mentioned all the, you know, obviously we've been talking a lot about uh, the lovely Wolverines from up North, but uh, what, what really swayed him? I mean, during this whole, you know, the mm. month before Irish invasion and what and whatnot, was it CJ Carr? I think but, CJ was a factor, but I, I, I've always been one of the guys who doesn't think that, uh, you know, a, 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 another recruit is a deciding mm-hmm. factor. I might be changing that tune based on what I've seen from Arch Manning, uh, because they're just picking up receiver commitments left and right down yeah. in Austin. So, yeah, I, but I do think, like, CJ Carr has an impact. It's, a, it's definitely a selling point. But when I asked Cam about why he committed Notre Dame, I mean, CJ didn't come up. Um, so it's not, like, a deciding factor. But it, it's, it, you know, I was talking to his coach, and he said when we – because his coach visited with um, 
with, with Cam for the, these clips that we're seeing here, this Irish invasion plus the, you know, a visit. He just said he was walking around camp. He said, this just feels different. Notre Dame fans, you you know the Lou Holtz quote for, um, I'm going to butcher it. You know, for, for I got those. it. You want it? Sure. <laughs> it's for those who know it, no explanation is necessary. For those who don't, no explanation will suffice. Exactly. Cam Williams clicked with mm-hmm. Notre Dame. He got it. The coaching staff did a really nice job. Tommy Reese, um, you know, Marcus Freeman, you know, Chancey Stuckey, Chad Bowden, even Delane McCullough, who offered him when he was at Indiana's running backs coach. They just did a really nice job, Tim. No, I was also going to so, say, oh, sorry, Mike. I mean, no, 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 I was gonna say, so going back to Irish invasion, that weekend was huge for him. It's it, from what it sounds like, because it, I mean, it flipped on a dime, you know, pr- you know, right away after that, which is obviously ex- exciting as could be. So he's, he's dynamic. I mean, you look at his, his body. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he has really grown since his sophomore film going into his junior year there at Irish Invasion. He's dude's packed on some muscles, and I could see. It's funny you mentioned what Charles Power was talking about, and um, yeah, that was some of the stuff I noticed as well too, he, where he catches the ball and all that. But I think a lot of that is his quarterback as well. So <laughs> on some of those deep balls and the fades, and especially some of the quick line passes, you know, it's just the you know the way he had to catch it there, but. That last one, the way he turns and it drops right into him is awesome. So he's a good get. I mean, you know, we talked about this before, Mike. He's he's super talented. You get a heck of a football player out of Chicago. You know, he's – I think he's got some, you know, electric, you know, speed to him as he's going to keep developing. I, you know, I – me personally, I think he's going to be – he's going to get – he's going to get attacked on the recruiting trail. Even though he's committed to N.D., you know people are going to come after him, especially those Southern schools, because he's, he's a darn good football player. It's only going to get better. And it looks like his body's really, really going to grow. I mean, he he, he looks like a guy who's going to be a 200, 205-pound you know, wide receiver and carry that weight with ease. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely does. That was brought up um, on his on his commitment on CBS Sports. That's They spent a lot of – not a lot of time, but a couple minutes um, talking about how he could, he could end up being – Two, 200, 205, 210, whatever. Um, yeah. I was just, I was going to add on the topic of Chansey Stuckey, Mike, when we saw him on June 5th at Irish Invasion, his relationship with Stuckey, they're kind of like acting like old friends, you know? They yeah. they were they were laughing, they were smiling. Of course, when it came time to coach him, obviously Chansey Stuckey was constructively coaching him, but um, I I don't know that I've, I've seen from the other camps that I went to um, at Notre Dame, I don't know that I've seen as like tight of a relationship, maybe, maybe CJ Carr, like CJ Carr, there's that video of him with Marcus Freeman tapping him on, on the shoulder and whatever. But um, it definitely stuck out to me from like the relationship building side of it, I guess that it, it seemed that Cam was really happy to be there. So um, any yeah. other Cam Williams, go ahead. I, no, no, I mean, you're, I mean, great point right there. I just wanted to just keep chatting about that. Ashton is, yeah. is, uh, is stucky and want to throw this over to the mic as well is, you know, we've heard a lot about Coach Stuckey and, you know, and his relationships. And, I mean, there's so much love with him when you when you talk to the players. Is it that NFL? You know, I'm, I'm curious because he's doing a heck of a job. And he's he's going to blow up 2024 from what it sounds like as well. Is it that NFL pedigree? Is it, you know, the, you know, he's also got life experience. He hasn't been in the football world. He, he's got, he's done so much stuff on the outside. Is it, But nah. is it that NFL experience? No. He's been there. It, he talks it helps. It helps. It's about yeah. him as a person, him as a yeah. human being. Like, yeah, the 
um, you know, my playing days at Clemson and the NFL and all it, it helps. But a lot of receiver coaches played in the NFL and in college, obviously. That's basically all of them. Yeah. It's so it's not that. It is him as a human being. He is a special person. Like he just is. I am a a huge believer in Chancey Stuckey. Like I think he is a rock star. If Notre Dame keeps him for more than two years, you 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 say more hail marys. Like this guy is a a stud in the profession. I mean he, I mean just think about and look. I I was one of the guys who was very glass half full on on Dell Alexander. I, I I was wrong. Because Chancey Stuckey is just recruiting lights out. And it's like, Dell, why weren't you doing that? I mean, Dell still had some pretty good classes, right? I mean, the Dion Colsey, Lorenzo Styles class, that certainly sticks out. Um, at the time, Jordan Johnson, Xavier Watts, Jay Brunel, that seemed like a rock star class too. Um, but it's just a different level right now, which I think kind of leads us into our next segment, segment Ashton, with receivers who are you know potentially well at least one who we know is going to commit soon i mean i i added this in an article and i even did a newsstand article at this on blue and gold is like i I did a a look at the 2024 targets and there's like seven or eight guys it's like "Mm, i could see notre dame winning that recruitment and they're all very talented yes yeah if you before we move to that next segment if you on the topic of like chancy stucky's character or whatever if you haven't read tyler horka's piece on chancy stucky um i don't remember the exact title but if you google like chancy stucky tyler horka you might be able to find it um like i don't know if you can find it really quickly but basically tyler did this deep dive on his background talked to dabo sweeney himself about chancy stucky um talked to a million people and it was one of the better articles that i've ever read kind of from like a, a featurey like human interest point obviously there's the football component but um there you go perfect um so if you're listening back via podcast um it's called a rocket ship that's in quotes and it's colon how clemson Dabas, how clemson and Dabo Sweeney helped Chancey Stucky get to Notre Dame. Um, so you should definitely go check that out if you have not already. And with that, we can move into our next segment. Like Mike said, there is a wide receiver involved here. So basically big picture over the next five days, I guess, uh, six days, whatever. There are four Notre Dame targets that are committing. I'll run through them quickly and then we can talk about them. So tomorrow, June 30th, we're taping this. It's Wednesday night. So tomorrow, June 30th, um, offensive tackle, Charles Jagasaw, Friday, July 1st, cornerback, Micah Bell, Sunday, July 3rd, wide receiver, Rico Flores, and Monday, July 4th, cornerback, Christian Gray. Those four are all 2023 players. Cam Williams is 24, but these guys are all 23 and they're all consensus four stars jagasaw is a five star from on three's own rankings but um yeah so these are a lot of high level picks they're all top 200 i believe consensus wise i'm all all consensus four stars so big targets mike um of the of the four and even following their recruitments and and talking with them throughout them of the four kind of what are you what are you thinking who are you the most high on i guess of the of those four when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mike, I think you're muted. I always am. I don't even know. Yeah. I don't even remember muting myself. <laughs> I was going to say, I bl- why are you muted? I blame. I blame Tim. Yeah. That's um. Sometimes muted. I burp. You know, and that that's why. Uh, no one needs to hear that. But I blame Tim. I mean, who I'm the most high on? That's really tough between Charles Jagasaw and Christian Gray because I think they're both freak shows. That's, that's what, I mean easy. that. I mean that it's easy. It's yes, Christian, Christian Gray. It's easy. He's if, if you're Kevin. ranking if you're ranking a top four need down need, the road. Need, yeah. Instant instant impact. It's I mean as much as I love O line and you know that it's uh, I'll talk you know I'll always hype them up way too much. It, it's no. Christian Gray. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's Christian Gray. It's Christian Gray. I mean, you, especially when you look at his finalist in the in the schools that have been on him so so hard. And uh, I mean, I know USC has been recruiting the living heck out of him. Obviously, we know about Mike's good buddy, you know, by you, Brian, and uh, his boys down there. Is <laughs> I just love when you say by uh, by you, Brian. It's the best. And. Uh, yeah, Christian Gray for me. So sorry if I cut no. in, but that's my number one. Yeah, that's, uh, the need, the need component. Need, that's- but you've seen him live, Mike, and he's long. He's not. He's got a little. I mean, he he looks and plays bigger than five eleven. He looks long in the seven on seven clips. I've seen agree. Him. Tim, here's a question: If you remove the Notre Dame roster context of those four, who do you think can be the best college football player? Oh, out of those four? Yeah. Like, does your answer change if you don't talk about, like, the fact that Notre Dame needs an instant impact corner? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not saying that. I mean, that's nothing negative against Christian Gray. He's good. I mean, Notre, I mean, I, know. His, I mean, me and Mike have talked about this a ton. Notre Dame mm-hmm. does not get top 100 DBs. Yeah. And Christian Gray is a consensus top 100 DB. So he is a rarity. He's a unicorn at Notre Dame in the last 20 years. There, There's only been five or six of them ranked in the yeah. top if you, if you haven't listened to our recent shows we've done multiple deep dives on notre dame's inability to uh get corners to sign and it oh. it it seems like it might go back like five years it goes back like my entire lifetime which is incredibly <laughs> unfortunate um but, but, but if you're talking like, nfl but if you're talking nfl with these four like pure talent independent pure of what notre dame needs it's gotta be jagsaw it's got yeah it's gotta be okay. you know charles man he's just uh just a mauler I mean, he looks like a dude that could play in the NFL. You never, you'll never hear from him. He plays 13 years, goes to five Pro Bowls, and he's just a quiet dude, just mauling people for a you know a dozen years. He he just has that type of mentality and that instinct once he uh, gets into the Notre Dame program after a couple of years. So Jagsaw is committing tomorrow morning. Yeah, we don't know yeah. really what time. Isn't There's no noon? stream for it. He's just he's sending out a tweet. Wait, isn't it noon? Didn't no. somebody like dig that up in the depths of the internet and figure out that it's actually noon, even no. though this kid didn't announce? No, no. He's got to I mean, put a note on his doorstep. I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure he's sending this out via like 
pigeon mail to everyone that he like <laughs> i be like lo- arch the way that arch committed arch just sent out a single tweet oh, nobody did anything first tweet. never tweeted before and just tweeted like hook them and everyone was like oh okay i freaking love it i, I mean there's oh i know wrong- i did too i loved it yeah 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 there's nothing wrong with the streams like it's your moment but i there's okay. something in my heart especially for an offensive lineman to just yeah. be super low-key um this is going back a while but calvin ridley who's uh alabama receiver plays now for the falcons all of his offer tweets were just alabama offered lsu offered uh notre dame you know like it was just like that i, I just i love the simplicity yeah. and yeah. J- uh, of this like yeah. like brendan vernon who i talked about earlier he ain't doing no interviews he don't care about that crap like there's something to this aspect that i just i, I love Especially yeah, with an offensive lineman. No nonsense. Yeah. Just I, tweet I, it out and it's done. I think Charles is going to put up his like the four flags in his bedroom window. And then the last one standing is just going to be his shades. So that's going to be – that will be a perfect offensive lineman commitment video right there. If he committed to Notre Dame, he could do um, – this is going to show how good of a Catholic I am. He could do the way that the Pope's like announced with like the smoke. That would be a good one if you're going to commit to Notre Dame. Someone in the chat can uh, put in exactly how the Pope's elected. I knew that at one point in my life and just don't anymore. Sorry. Um, but that'd be a good way to do it. Silent. Very silent. Um, yes. We kind of right. got off the rails there. Yeah, it's I know. Good. I, I thought we, it, though. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. So I can't go through really quickly the recruitments. Yeah, so again, fine. Charles Jaggi saw <laughs> some point Thursday morning. If you're listening via podcast, he's probably already committed. So go to bloomandgold.com, see where he ended up. It, it's it's going to be Notre Dame or Michigan. Um, I like Notre Dame. I put in a pick for him to land at the with the Irish back on New Year's Day. And uh, I ain't changing it. I mean, I, I wouldn't change it anyways if they were this close. But, I, but yeah, I'm sticking with the Irish. Micah Bell, another guy who I don't think is doing a stream, just fired out. Freaking love that. Um, love it. Yeah. Um, Notre Dame – Texas, Ole Miss, Baylor, Houston. I, I don't. I don't really know who's second, but I do like Notre Dame for him on July, f- June. Is it July first? Yeah, July first, Friday. I think it's six p.m. Eastern. Uh, Rico Flores, who I'm. I'm curious, Tim. If you can give me a quick take, if you're familiar with Rico Flores' game, do you think it's pretty comparable to C.J. Williams from last year's class? Yeah, I, yeah, that's I, it's funny you say that. I, I was message boarding back and forth with a bunch of people who thought I was being too negative, and I was like, "Well, he's C.J. Williams, a heck of a football player. Love C.J. Williams. Yes, I think he's very comparable. That same type of body, same type of athleticism, super high Super. Of you know, not, you know, if people don't know Folsom, it's it's a high end passing school. Big time. I mean, that's where Browning, who went to Washington, started for four years, is from. Great, great high school. You know, second or third best Northern California program. Yeah. Uh, high end, high end football. So, yeah, Rico Flores is good. And, you know, his his recruitment's interesting because is he falling in the lap of Notre Dame and whatnot, which if that happens, so be it, right? You're right. So, uh, that happens sometimes in recruiting. It's got to go somewhere. And there's only so many places. And if Notre Dame is able to land him because there's just not room with the mighty Buckeyes yeah. and, the, and the Bulldogs, so be it. They're getting a heck of a football player. Yeah. It's, it's Notre Dame's gain. I mean, it's, yeah. I don't, 
I don't think the Irish are going to be like, well, Georgia and Ohio State didn't want him. We don't want him either. They're oh, like, no, nah, this kid's really good. Just Ohio yeah. State. I'm not as familiar with Georgia's receiver and, class, uh, but Ohio real, State's putting together just a And real quick on, on Rico, Mike, you and I have talked multiple times about the rankings where the majority of Notre Dame NFL guys over the last, you know, during the Brian Kelly years have all been in those 20s. They've been that 25 to 35 ranking. When you look at a lot of, you know, Boykin, Claypool, you know, on and on and on, you know, so many of these guys that they've had. So it's uh, it's very comparable to a lot of really good football players that they've had at Notre Dame in the last decade. Yeah. And, so and with, then, oh, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry, go ahead, Ashley. I was just going to say with wide receivers, like you look at the 28 and I, some people like bulk at that, but it's not like he's the number 28 quarterback where everyone's taking one. Like you yeah. can, every school's taking in theory, like two, three, four wide receivers a class. Yeah. If you can get one in the top 28, like, that's that's huge that's a huge pull yeah that's yes. something tim and i have talked about a good bit it's yeah. like the number one center in the class that sounds really nice on paper but like that's not a big deal like the number one center i mean like you don't really want to be the number one center because that means you're probably not a guard or attack you're pigeonholed to center yeah. um but the number 45 receiver in the country or something like yeah that's still really good because you right. there are receivers everywhere and um they are yeah they're, i mean Three, I mean, three quarters of America now runs three, four wide receiver yeah. offenses. If that high, that might be a little outlandish, but easy. Not really, yeah. though. That's like kind of close. You're not oh, that far some, There's still some single wing dudes out there. Believe me, that will pound that but rock. Thinking of Frank yeah. Leahy, but uh, no, no. But I mean, it is high. So you're thinking yeah. thousands and thousands of wide receivers, and you're getting a guy who's ranked in the top fifty, top thirty. That's he, yeah, he's a dude. Especially the high school he's coming from. Yeah. And then uh, the the last player here is Christian Gray, Independence Day. I think it's around, I think Flor- Flores is July 3rd, somewhere around 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Sounds and right. Christian Gray is around 5 or 6 Eastern on, on, on Independence Day. I like Notre Dame for all these guys. How crazy would it be if they go 5 for 5 here on these commitments from Wednesday, June 29th to uh, July 4th? So that's what, five, five days if they go – Wait, six days if they go five, five commitments. There's no one on the second. Yeah, no one on the second. Thank the Lord. It's free if Jason Moore wants to commit. Jason Moore, if you're watching this and you'd like to commit to Notre Dame, July second is free. Thank yeah, you. We'll take it, please. I mean, I I don't I won't take it. Crap, I want a day off. I got crap to do. But um, fair. <laughs> you know, but for for Notre Dame Nation, you know, I I will I will grant it. Um, Thank you. But yeah, pr- pretty pretty good, pretty good yeah, here. So. If Notre Dame goes, it's what? It's five more 23 guys announcing here? Four. 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 So it's they're five at, and six days, 124, four 23s. So they're at 15 commits. And um, yeah, if they had Jaggy Saw Bell, Gray, and, and Flores get to 19, yeah, that's. Class is starting to fill up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a class of 25, I think, is when it's all said and done. Yeah. Yeah, just the numbers, they could definitely get 25 easy. But uh, yeah. real interesting uh, with the rankings. Obviously, Notre Dame fans are probably seeing out there on Twitter how schools are passing them and whatnot. But you get Jagasaw and you get Gray, two top 100s. Be curious to see how that bounces ND in there with uh, you know two top 100 type guys. It's going to be <laughs> – this thing is going to be about – I was starting to – I mean, look how close it is. Notre Dame yeah. down here to – Clemson. I know no one thinks Dabo knows how to recruit, but there you go. 
uh, it is a battle between like one and eight are all within like a point. Yeah. And the big thing that sticks out to me, if you're looking at this, Alabama sitting at fourth, but they have nine commits. (laughs) So like Nick Saban, you know, Nick Saban's about to roll in here like September 15th Uh with eight more five stars and just run over everybody. So I obviously, I know that we talked about how this is kind of weighted. um, Not it's based on quality, not quantity, but there's a reason Alabama has nine players. They are not going to finish with anywhere near nine players. Yeah, they <laughs> always. Yeah, them and George Run always. Well, it's because a lot of the five stars can wait. You know, they like they, wait, yeah. they do wait until National Signing Day because they can. And then they end up picking Alabama or Georgia. So right. during these offseason discussions, we always will talk about um, – Top five. You know, yeah, top five. Can Notre Dame do it? And I'm, I've am i been of the opinion, I don't know. I think four is the the ceiling. And, you know, my, my projection has been about five or six. It's like, oh, no, Mike, when they get this guy and this guy and this guy, I'm like, yeah, well, Alabama is getting this guy and this guy and this guy. So Texas A&M is also a really interesting one. Let's see where they are at. 13 with five commitments. Yeah. Um, so – uh, spent their money lower, last year. They, they yeah. spent their money too quick. So when you have um, a lower amount of commitments under the rolling average, you get docked a good bit. I personally feel like you should get docked more, but it's a different discussion for a different day. Um, but you got to think, I mean, Georgia and Alabama are locks in there. Ohio State and Texas, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be pretty tough for Notre Dame to overtake those two teams. Yeah. So then you're looking at, you know, can they stay at number five? But then you got AM, Clemson, SC. obviously Michigan. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, USC, Oregon. maybe. Oregon. Oregon. Um, so it's that's why I've been saying I think it's going to be tough for Notre Dame to get a top five class. So, yeah. So a top five class. Let me throw a little, uh, a little wrench in this thing. CJ Carr. CJ Carr reclassifies. What? If. You know, what, you know what's your. If. Tim loves big, the storyline. But, but it sounds like he's going through at least the process to have the option to make a decision. But This uh, is true. And by the way, he's the same. He's the exact – I mean, what is he? A couple hours apart from Dante Moore. So it's not like he's a 15-year-old sophomore. So I don't know. They don't pay me enough to report on kids' ages. I, or, no, I'm just, saying, I'm just saying yeah, it's all out there. But uh, <laughs> if, if, he did, if he did reclassify, it's like where does he go? Because obviously – he would be a 2023 quarterback. I actually just thought of that. I was chatting with someone today about that. So I'd be that is how curious to see where he falls. I think he'd yeah. be ranked the top 100 player for sure. Yeah. If if you're unfamiliar, CJ Carr, who's committed to Notre Dame in the 2024 class, there's a debate about whether or not he would reclassify uh, because it seems as though Dante Moore is trending away from Notre Dame and toward Oregon in the recent days. Um all right, Mike. Did you just pop a comment up on the screen that I missed? Um, I yeah, just just a, a okay. comment. Not nothing we got to address. Okay, cool. Um, awesome. So that concludes our recruiting talk for the day. If you um, joined us late, this will come out via podcast. You can also obviously watch it back here. Uh, make sure you hit that thumbs up and subscribe to this channel um, while you are with us. So moving to the current football team, the big, sad, unfortunate news last Friday morning, 
uh, Jadarian Price, who is a freshman early enrollee running back. So he's 2022, but he arrived in January. He tore his Achilles during a workout last week, had surgery, but he will be out for the entirety of the 2022 season, which is a bummer for multiple reasons. First of all, he was really, really good this spring. Um, he played really well in the spring game and, um, the coaching staff was really high on him. And then second of all, bigger picture. So Notre Dame has five scholarship running backs. He was one of them. Another one is Logan Diggs who tore his labrum in the spring game. He is not, he more than likely is not out for the year, but the timeline on shoulder surgery is, uh, it's, it's kind of weird. I've actually had labrum surgery. It's, it's around six months, but you can typically, I mean, it it can take a little while longer for certain people. So anyways, the timeline on that, I think is late September is kind of what Marcus Freeman's looking at. But again, that's not, that's not a hard deadline. Nobody come back to us October 1st, if he is not in the lineup. Um, but yeah, so they only have three. So it's Chris Tyree, Jabron Payne, who is a freshman, not early enrollee, and then Audrey Estime, who is a rising sophomore. So Tim, I'll, I'll send this over to you. What do you think either about the two that are injured or the three that we have or whatever combination of the two topics you'd like to put together? Well, I mean, the two that are injured, you know, get on back as soon as you can. It's more about, you know, it's, it's more, you know, you know, as a coach, you're just like, all right, I got to play the guys I have. So the guys he has, you got to, got to get ready for the Buckeyes. There's no uh, rest period. You don't get UNLV, Cal, the prep, you know, Nevada back in the heyday, you know, those types of games. It's a, it's going to, it's going to be interesting. And so there's, oh my God, there's so many dominoes off of this thing. You got, you know, Tyree is his load going to be, I mean, can't, you know, can he be a 20 carry guy? He's never, he's never done it at ND on top of Tyree. What's that? They said Andy's injury prone. He's been injury prone, but then he's also your best return guy. So do you risk him the return, you know, as well? Or you're like, Hey, this is our number one guy. We'll go put someone else back there to have him return kicks. But Chris Tyree so fast as we saw in the Wisconsin game, he's going to change the the game in a 10 second run real quick. So yeah, uh, I know, I know everyone's high on estimate, but estimate went into the spring game as the fourth back. I mean, yeah, Tyree digs and price it, you know, from what, reading the reports and hearing about the coaches, they talk a heck of a lot more than, uh, about him than estimate. So estimate goes from four to two, you know, yeah. and, and thank God coach McCullough knew a running back out there and went and got, and got a, a guy to bring in there the third. So, you know, my first thought real quick, when I, you know, when I heard this was, I thought of Marcus Freeman because Marcus Freeman wants to play physical football. Marcus Freeman had a, high energy bull practice last year. Their spring ball was extremely physical. When you hear the kids talk about it, he wants yeah. to be a physical football team. How much banging are you going to do in August getting ready for Ohio state? Because when knickknack, something goes wrong, you know, pains your starter, you know? So it's, yeah. it's, it's a tough break. It's a tough break. Cause you know, that running back room and you go from, you know, five to three in an instant, it's, it's going to be tough. So who, this is a question that I just thought of, um, who, who would be the most likely candidate to do a little Avery Davis position switching if they were to try to move someone to running back that can go to either one of you. Uh, real quick. I'll take that. Uh, well, yeah. sorry, it's, I wouldn't say so much move someone to running back. Uh, it would be, 
you know, just the, you know, the motions, shifts, misdirection, getting the Buckeyes to use their eyes more with Lindsay and Lorenzo Styles. I think those two yeah, become yeah. a bigger factor with just, you know, like I said, the motions, the movements, because those two guys are so athletic and so quick, get them the ball doing some stuff differently. And then does this mean you're going to be a true 12 type of a personnel team? So you only have to worry about one tight end, excuse me, one running back. Because the rumor was always Diggs, Chris Tyree in the same backfield, the same time coming into this year. Do you just kind of scrap that and, and, and what's that going to put, you know, and what's the pressure that's going to put on Buckner, you know, because it's, are are you, unless you're just going to let him run, you're going to run a true zone read where he's the second running back and you're always reading that backside end, that inside crashes, you keep it. Are they going to do that? That's going to be also, I hope they don't because if he breaks his ankle, then Drew Pine is playing this entire season. And I simply cannot watch Drew Pine play against the Clemson defense. I will die. I can't watch it. It would be terrible. (laughs) <laughs> I, I have some no i was gonna say that's a long way away the cleansing game let's not let's not even think of that defense but uh no try great not point. To. mike what's great up point. well one you hope logan Diggs gets back soon that's for sure yes yes um a source had told me um and i even did a story on this uh, a couple months back after spring balls like i was talking to a source like give me like two offensive players two defensive players who were the like two true freshmen, early enrollees, who impressed the most? And it was Steve Angeli. Is that uh, why you brought this up? Solely no. to talk about Steve Angeli? No. Uh, Engineering Price. And, yeah. quote, Price is the future of the running backs. Like, they, I mean, Notre Dame, yeah. folks at Notre Dame absolutely loved Jadarian Price. Then on defense, Price? it was Tui Halamaka and uh, Mickey, Jade Mickey. Yeah, that checks out. But I was going to say, Brian Mason also loves um price he was in contention to return punts with brandon joseph matt salerno and jada mickey um but yeah when we asked brian mason this spring about the return game um he was super excited about about price and his ability to get upfield with as few cuts as possible um which i think that for all the we all loved kyron williams but kyron williams would dance a little bit i think that uh price is apparently doing less of that which would be nice from a fan standpoint um so tim, did you want to no I, no I go before tim screw tim i'm just kidding tim i love Shut you up. <laughs> um as going back to the original question lorenzo styles played running some running back as mostly a senior he played a good bit of running back so i yeah. do like that i remember seeing him his junior year um taking a jet sweep to i was at his game he, play, he was playing down in georgia and he took a jet sweep to the house it was very nice Osita Ekwanu doesn't really seem like he's going to be breaking into any rotation on defense. So, and I believe he did he come in at running back and then got moved to defense. So maybe he could move back to offense. And I like I don't did think he's gonna play a lot on defense. He was a linebacker. Did he come in at running back? back or did he just play it? I hope I don't know. I, I hope he did. I don't look like it. He has some. You no, know, he has a running back background. I can't remember if he came in as a running back or if he just played it in high school and then came in as a linebacker. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that was somebody dropped that Osedak Wanu on our um on our board. He obviously he, comes from a very athletic family. His brother was just taken, what, fifth overall in the draft, sixth. Um listed but, at six yeah. foot two thirty-six, so he'd be a bruiser. All right. So you put you put SMA in the slot. It's <laughs> it's not gonna work, friends. We need Logan Diggs to come back. Um or no, we need Chris to not break his foot for the seventh time. 
Uh, no, losing price is a biggie. As Mike said, talking to, you know, the guys and, uh, his speed, his, you know, his cut, which you mentioned Ashton in the spring game on some of those plays, he yeah. shows it. He was, the dude has some wheels. His, his senior highlight film is electric, electric. Yeah. He was kind of, he was kind of a forgotten man in the, in the last year's recruiting class, especially in the nationally ranked running backs. He's, he's legit. He's no slouch yeah. and he could cut and go. And it's a big loss. And I just thought real quick in the, in the garage podcast, where Cam Hart was talking about like the freshmen are like blowing up. They're all over the place. These young guys are getting reps. I mean, they're just getting reps like crazy. And that was the, you know, I thought a price is a freshman yeah. who's going to, it's going to miss out. It stinks. Yeah, absolutely. And then kind of long-term too, an Achilles injury is uh not easy to come back from Logan, like Logan. I mean, you don't want to like dismiss a shoulder injury to Logan Diggs, but obviously if you're a running back, you uh, need your legs more than you need your arms typically. Um, all right. Any further comments on the running back room or are we good here, friends? We're good. Survive. Awesome. Well, that concludes. Oh, Rick just put went from linebacker to running back to Viper. Okay. So we're close. At it. Yeah, that works. Um, yes. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, all right. So we are done here. Thank you for joining us before you hop off, hit the thumbs up, subscribe. Um, if you're listening back via podcast, leave us a review and I'll be out next week. I don't know what our, what our plan is, but we might be back next week. We might not. I don't know. We'll be back when we're back. That's <laughs> kind of my <laughs> thought. Process. I think, I think me, Tim, if you're around, we'll go next Wednesday. I'm, I'm around. I'm around. I'm always Sweet. around. They'll be we- back next Wednesday. I will be on a North Carolina beach. Oh, so, oh so I forgot so. to say this last week. We missed last week because Tim Tim was out. And Ash and I kind of need the night off. So <laughs> we just kind of took yeah. off last Wednesday from the show. Yeah, but yeah, that's an if, yeah, Tim and I, will we'll, we'll plan on next Wednesday night. Oh, All right. real quick. Yes, Tim. Tell them why you, tell them why you, were, you needed a break. Order the, the yearbook. What? I believe that break. plug the oh. yearbook. The oh. yearbook. Oh. I think we actually sold out of our football preview. Yeah, we did. Really? That's awesome. Did. That's a good awesome. problem to have. <clears throat> yes. Okay. Um, but digital copies, I think at bluegoldonline.com you can pick up. So awesome. you, can, you can pick up. How would you pick it up? You, you can know, log you in just, and read it. Yeah. You just, you know, you, I don't know. you We're pick it up from now. your computer screen and you. With that, know. we are going to leave. Um, have a lovely night. Thank you for joining us. <laughs>